welcome to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community, a podcast that features MSP space and interviews with members of the CompTIA Managed Services Community. Hi, this is Lisa Person here with the Managed Services Community, and with me today, I have Marty Tracy, and I'm going to let Marty just introduce himself real briefly to all of you, and then we'll take it from there. Absolutely. My name is Marty Tracy. I'm the CEO of Land Intelligence. We're a master solutions provider in the premise and UCAS space. Wonderful. Well, Marty, the way you and I connected was someone in your organization sent over to me um, a research study that you had conducted. Do you want to just real briefly tell us a little bit about what you were doing research on and um, why you conducted this? Absolutely. So we, we have a background in the premise voice industry. And as that industry has begun to change and evolve, which really has been going on for almost 10 years, and we see more and more voice and interactions being focused on the unified communications as a solutions channel, part of what's happening is there's a lot of question about how do, how do these providers of this or vendors of the software go to market? What do they do? What has changed? You know, typically in the premise-based world, you had value-added resellers that had large technical staffs that did everything from the demos through to the deployments and ongoing support. And now we had these new cloud-based, you know, voice and, and uh, omnichannel solutions that were being deployed in a different way and being sold in a different way. Uh, there was a lot of direct sales, and then they started leveraging a master agent channel. So, you know, we were seeing a lot of change in the industry, and we wanted to understand what the people like ourselves kind of with their feet on the ground in front of the customers in the MSP world, in the agent world, we're seeing, you know, what were the trends, what was really happening, because we had a lot of suspicions about some real gaps in the way these products were going to market, some challenges about the mid to enterprise market deployments, and we wanted to see what the people out there who were dealing with the customers were seeing, because they may, themselves may not have actually sold that UCAS solution, but when something's going wrong and you're an MSP a customer, you hear about it, whether you sold it or not. So we wanted to reach out and get a feel for what was going on in the market and did it line up with what we were seeing. Great. And just for clarification for our audience, I'm assuming everybody knows what UCAS is, but that's Unified Communication as a Service, correct? Absolutely. Or Cloud Telephony. Okay. Sounds good. So as you sent this out there, what was the most surprising fact that you discovered? I think the thing that caught us most off guard, and this was really based on a lot of conversations with managed service providers that we work with and, and some agents that we know, was that such a small portion of the respondents, both in the U.S. and Canada, identified their biggest issue was the, you know, being a relationship with the voice provider and their ability to execute on the solutions. Because the biggest challenges we heard you know, and we hear in the, in the general conversation is that, you know, deployment and execution are huge challenges for every provider or vendor across the UCAS space. So we were surprised to see that being such a small number. The other thing that, that really, sur you know, surprised us was that MSPs 
really get their success in all of their solutions by providing the highest level of support and service, yet they don't seem to be chasing that when it comes to choosing partners for voice. So there's kind of a contradiction in the way they do business and how they were looking for a partner. So that was very surprising to us. That's surprising to me as well. Do you have any insight on that statement you just made about they're they're not looking at this the same way they would if it were some other kind of solution? Well, I think there's a lot of history. You know, managed service providers are really extremely important to small businesses and growing businesses, and they really allow them to execute and focus on what they do by providing a high level of expertise. And, you know, voice was always kind of this animal off to the side that nobody knew anything about. And, you know, over the years as a, as a company in the premise world, you know, we saw a lot of MSPs try to reach into voice, but it's a whole completely separate practice. And there's a lot of different expertise and different understanding that was required. So, you know, I think, you know, what we saw was there was a lot of history when it comes to how an MSP views voice. And, you know, a lot of negative history and and a lot of those partnerships that were very challenging. So, you know, I think what we're seeing is just the fact that they have a very important core functionality that they keep intact for these businesses. And the effort to get in the voice world and to staff up and to have the resources really didn't fit with what, you know, they were doing for their customers, certainly in a premise-based world. And I think that's where... You know, a lot of MSPs showed interest because UCAS showed an opportunity for that. And, you know, the challenge they ran into was UCAS may not have been mature enough to support that for them earlier, but now it's really starting to turn that corner. So I think, you know, we we saw those numbers based on history, not necessarily on really recent experiences. Okay. Well, and as cloud becomes more predominant across a a service delivery method, across all of technology, um, it would, you know, people are certainly getting more accustomed to it, both the end user clients and the MSPs or the solution providers. Um, So, I would think um, that that we're starting to overcome some of that, or do you still feel like that residual angst is kind of hanging out out there from the old on-prem telephony world? I think the opportunity exists. I think the partnerships are the key, you know, and there's a lot more choice in the UCAS world. Um, But the opportunity absolutely exists and and to make voice part of – voice is really becoming a part of the IT stack because more and more – in our business and what we see, it's about integrations, right? Integrating to the CRM, integrating to ERPs, integrating to workflow and other systems within an organization. And, you know, you and I had talked briefly before about the fact that, you know, voice is an interaction that's routed. And all of the companies that have worked with voice now route SMS interactions, social media interactions. So there's all these different pieces that come into play. And, you know, from that perspective, they're, they're turning the corner in creating availability to the MSP market and, and give them a viable product. But in the end, it's about uh, creating the right partnerships for delivery. Fair enough. And I love your line about, you know, we've always managed interactions, and now that's just continuing to grow, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So this really isn't new. It's just a different way of doing it. 
Absolutely. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that, when leveraged, result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org register. So in the research, one of the things that really struck me was that there was this, in, in, in some areas, there were some very significant differences between the U.S. market and the Canadian market. Do you want to talk a little bit about what those differences are and then maybe why you believe they're such a difference? Absolutely. And I'll, and I'll give a little bit of background on that, it, that uh, I grew up in Canada. And uh, so of, of, I've spent half my life in Canada and half my life in the U.S. So I am familiar with, with both cultures and both economies and, and kind of all different aspects of how they work. And we do actually operate within the Canadian market as well. So we're kind of very familiar with the differences and how they've come about. Um, What's interesting is there isn't really a, a difference in the type of technology that's available. So from a solution perspective, you know, from a feature set, from from uh, application set, the U.S. and Canada are fairly on par. You know, you can get access to the same types of features and applications. Where the Canadian market is is a little bit different is there's far less selection. There's far fewer choices when it comes to the UCAS providers. So one of the things that creates is you don't have, say, vertically specific UCAS providers, providers that work, you know, on a lot of integrations in the healthcare space or the banking space, um, where you do in the U.S. markets have access to these companies that are really focusing in on those particular verticals and having the right integrations to be able to create the workflows and produce the analytics and tie these systems together. One of the core pieces you know, to that evolution comes from the fact that the Canadian market from a carrier side is still largely controlled by a group of only three or four companies on the cable and kind of, we'll call it the Ma Bell side of things. And so because of that, you know, network infrastructure, the pricing and availability of internet connectivity has lagged. It's been far more expensive and far less available. And, you know, if you think about how cloud technology operates, you can see how that would really slow the growth of different cloud deployments. The other thing in the Canadian market is the majority of the Canadian market is looking for their UCAS providers to actually have data centers or, or their points of presence within the Canadian market because of different international rules and laws when it comes to data privacy and other items. So from that standpoint, you know, that's where the gap has kind of come from. The other interesting thing we saw in the Canadian market was a lot of Canadian MSPs tried to produce or produce kind of their own private label cloud solutions, you know, with, with a third-party back end or even something they'd spun up in a data center themselves. And that was far more prevalent with Canadian MSPs than with U.S. MSPs. And I think a lot of that came down to, you know, the limited selection. That's a trend we saw that really has kind of hit a peak now that you know UCAS is becoming more prevalent and there are more players coming into the Canadian market with these smaller homegrown or home managed solutions, you just can't keep up with you know how quickly the new features are coming and the reliability and the redundancy and all the other pieces. So those that's predominantly the gap in the market just comes from the amount of solutions that are available. Wow. Wow. 
Well, and one of the things I noticed in the research was, and I'm going to go pull it back up just so I can remember, but it was in what the offerings were and how they felt about the revenue, um, that there was a decided difference there between the U.S. and the Canadian markets. Does that ring bells with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it's it's true 100% in that the UCAS market in the U.S. is extremely competitive, and the um, software vendors, providers, you know, create large incentives to sell their solutions. You know, what we all know is SPIFs, right? Right. Um, in, in the Canadian market, with there being a much tighter group, you know, a smaller, you know, amount of competition, we haven't seen that, that kind of sales reward competition when it comes to uh, kind of pushing the channels. The other thing you don't see in the Canadian market is a large agent channel. There are not a there, the amount of independent agents out there that were selling carrier services like PRIs and SIP and wide area networks and MPLS, you know, and then are evolving into other cloud functionalities like UCAS and storage and you know Office 365 and other items. That agent community in the Canadian market is very small to almost non-existent, and that comes from the fact that when somebody does want to go work with a carrier, they've got three choices, right? So there, there isn't that agent community there driving that sales like there is in the U.S. where we have thousands of independent agents selling these solutions. Yeah. So... I, I, was, I just pulled up the actual research, and in the U.S., 80% of the respondents said there was too much competition, that that was one of the challenges they faced when selling telephony solutions, where in Canada, it was less than 40% who felt like there was too much competition. So that definitely makes a change in the market. Um, another question I had, as you talk about this master agent, what... Share a little bit more with me about what a master agent's role is and kind of what value they bring to the table. Well, so that's a, that's a very important distinction for us as an organization. So where you saw the master agents come into play, and I think, you know, if you look back on a timeline, you'll see some of them go back away, but the explosion seemed to be around 2008 you know, when the economy started to get rough and a lot of folks left the carrier world and, and started working independently with customers they had worked with historically. Mm-hmm. And what the master agents were, master agents basically give, you know, their agent partners access to sell different carrier service solutions, you know, from all, all types of different carriers. And they're offering them access to sell cloud solutions. And they're giving them some, you know, sales support and maybe some design and engineering support. And then they have the direct contract with the carrier or the UCAS provider who then bills the customer. And so the master agents, you know, facilitate the sale of these solutions and pay the MSPs and or agents the commissions. What's very different about where we're evolving to and where our approach came from as a master solutions provider is, we're actual, actually the technical entity as well. So not only do we provide the access as a master agent would, but we actually have technical resources. So we're doing the demos, the design, we're doing the deployments, we're doing the integrations, 
And as the UCAS world evolves, we're starting to be engaged more in the ongoing support aspect of it as well. So, you know, it's a, the master agents were very important for the growth of a lot of carriers and really the expansion of the business. You know, they bought scalability to a small carrier. You know, if you think of a small UCAS provider, you know, creating their own sales force of eight people and going out there and trying to sell against a, a Cisco, you know, whereas if they partner with a master agent who works with, you know, 1,100 agents, you suddenly have 1,100 feet on the street. So, you know, the master agents really are kind of an impetus for the way that the technology world looks today and why channels are so big. Got it. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense, and that it, it sounds a little bit like in the traditional IT world, a little bit like the distributors where they're kind of bringing things together and providing options. Um, the direct billing piece is not a, a typical distributor function in the IT world, but it's definitely um, a lot of the other pieces that are in there uh, fit right into that that role. I think you're absolutely right about that. And I think as you watch the market, that is that is essentially the evolution that the master agent is going to have to look to. And that's what the providers or the, the vendors are going to be looking you know, for from them. They're looking for a bigger level of commitment while they produce the solutions and the software. So I, I think you're giving a little insight as to what some of the possible evolutions will be. CompTIA's Community Forum is a one-of-a-kind industry gathering for both the highly engaged member and those new to CompTIA, loaded with content and activities designed to improve our industry, our businesses, and ourselves. Save the date for CCF 2019, coming up March 11th through 13th, 2019, in Chicago. So another piece of this that that I wanted to just touch on was from your group of respondents, it looks like almost universally across both the U.S. and Canada, people wanted to increase their UCAS business. Um, do you have any thoughts about that or how they're going about doing that? Absolutely. So I think one thing everyone can agree on is that managed service providers are a trusted advisor. You know, most people, most businesses, their focus is not, is not necessarily technology. And they need those MSPs to help drive and make sure things go happen so they can do the things they need to do. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that is for an MSP is, okay, well, how do we grow? You know, how do we continue to grow? Because most MSPs tend to be fairly regionalized. They're, one of their biggest challenges tends to be how to continue to sell. You know, well, how do we staff the right sales staff? How do we get to the market? You know, what's required of marketing? And so for the, a leader or a CEO at an MSP, you know, often complementary services are a great, great way to create 8 to 10, 15 to 20% growth. And within their customer bases, their customers are asking them about UCAS. They're asking them about Cloud Voice. They want that same kind of high level of trusted service that they get from the MSPs when it comes to their voice solutions. So there's a, a real interest, certainly at the leadership level, on the MSP side of, hey, here's a really good revenue stream that is now reoccurring like we're used to. It's not a capital mm -hmm. sale like it was in the premise world. Mm -hmm. And as it's designed today, you know, we sell it and we should have a fairly limited role in support. 
And this would be a great way to, you know, continue to grow our business. I think it also has become a very important aspect of protecting their business because a lot of the folks on the carrier side are getting into other MSP core competencies and they're finding their way into these customers through voice. So it's absolutely an area I think that they all have interest. I think the big challenge that most MSPs still face is finding the right partnership to execute on that. But the other really, I think, big driver for them is that when it comes to, you know, monetary compensation in the voice world, it's five times what it has ever been in the premise world. You know, the the monetary incentives from the providers are very big and because the providers are all trying to drive growth. And so now if you're going to get into UCAS, this is the best time there's ever going to be to get into it from a monetary perspective. Well, that's a fantastic conclusion. And then the very last point I wanted to make before we wrap up, um, and I'd love that you asked this question, um, but this may be advice that needs to kind of go out in the UCAS world um, as far as working with MSPs, but you asked the question, how likely are you to partner with an expert UCAS provider on voice projects if it included a non-compete guarantee? Absolutely. I mean, that to me, that's a that's something that you know. When I speak to the executive level at the MSPs and, and a lot of the folks in the field, I think they they squarely recognize where their competition is coming from, but I think they also are so busy and so engaged and so overwhelmed that at times it's very easy to kind of lose sight. And, you know, one of the simple reasons we asked this question, and I talked a little bit earlier about the difference between the master solutions provider approach versus okay. the master agent is the master solutions provider focuses on its verticals. We focus on UCAS, contact center as a service, and software-defined networking. We don't support software vendors or providers that compete with our MSPs which a lot of master agents have competing products to what their MSP partners would sell. And the same thing with any direct carrier relationships as well, where they're starting to get into the MSP space. So we really wanted to feel out whether the MSP community was looking at that, recognizing it, was concerned about it. That's, you know, kind of the reason for the question that we brought up. And, you know, on direct feedback, we do see real recognition of, of that level of competition. And it even goes back to what you mentioned about, you know, in the U.S. market, the big complaint about, you know, how much competition there is. I mean, if you mm -hmm. can imagine in the last three years, MSPs went from having to compete with, on some levels, you know, well, with other MSPs. Now the master agents are working with providers that sell similar backup and recovery and storage services. So now they're competing with agents that mm -hmm. work with the master agents. On top of that, the carriers that they used to talk to about PRIs and SIP and, and Internet connections are selling these solutions as well, and now the copier companies are selling them. You know, the copier companies are trying to emulate MSP. So it's an incredibly competitive environment, but like a lot of evolutions, the MSP, you know, needs to remain confident, reside on the fact that they hold the true expertise. And, and you and I spoke a little bit before about how the industry can be circular. And, you know, certainly the voice ID industry is circling back to needing the expertise 
for implementation, for integrations, and that's where we're trying to change the playing field for our MSP partners. I believe you're going to do this survey again, is that correct? Yeah, we actually are, I think uh, our marketing folks are hoping to, to get it out in October, so, you know, in the next week or so, and uh, we'll be very interested to see because it, it is evolving fast, and like you said, it really is fascinating. I mean, the market is is changing so much, and there's so many dynamics to it, and, you know, depending on the market you even work in, it can be completely different. Our Canadian market, as you can imagine, is very different from our customers that are in the West Coast, especially up in Silicon Valley and San Francisco and other areas where they're always trying to drive tech. You know, we right. see different things every day. So we're very excited to kind of see what that progression is and what the evolution is. Well, and I will definitely invite you back to talk about it again once this next round of survey has been done. So thank you so much for your time, and um, I look forward to reconnecting again. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community. You can find more episodes and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.